The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. The Book Guys Show is brought to you by hollowbooks.com, where they create custom-made hollow books so you can hide just about anything. Choose a book, they do the rest. It is episode 132. I always get them wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is 132 of The Book Guys. And we, we can hear some, some interesting background today because uh, I believe uh, the first person I'm introducing in our panel... Sir Jimmy is at the beach. How's it going, Jimmy? Oh, it's easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl here at the beach, everybody. How nice. are you doing? <laughs> Very good, sir. Very good. It's a nice muggy day in Toronto where I'm at. And uh, our third host, Mr. Craig Damelo, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm in Seattle. It's sunny. It's uh, mid-70s. It's perfect. And you're in the new house now, all settled in? Yep, in the new house. I'm looking at downtown Seattle now. Nice, nice. We got a great panel today, Craig. Uh, joining us uh, all the way from Japan is a Scottish comic book writer, and his name's Sean Michael Wilson. How you doing, Sean? Hello, hello. I'm here. Can you hear the, the background noise where I am? Uh, probably. I, in the distance. Yeah, I heard, heard that Scottish accent on those birds. You can hear the accent, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Japanese accent, I guess. Very nice. Oh, I can speak in Japanese too, if you like, but I, I, think, I don't think the conversation will get very far. <laughs> Unless any of you guys can speak Japanese, can you? Uh, not a word. Not a word. I know auto. Well, that means out. Sorry? <laughs> I know auto, which means out. <laughs> That's about it. Well, yeah. Japanese have a tendency of putting an extra vowel on the end of almost every word that they've taken from other languages. And um, they they don't realize that the, it's not actually there normally in the original language. Like salad, they call salad sa salada. Salada. Ah, oh, interesting. Right. And I always have to remind them, we just cut off the last vowel and you'll be all right. Sorry. <laughs> nice. And let's, let's cut off some more vowels with uh, the rest of our <laughs> panel here. Uh, we have coming all the way to us from, I'm not sure where you guys are from, actually. Uh, from the Medium Popcorn Podcast. But uh, where are you guys located, Justin Brown and Brandon Collins? Uh, there you go. Right here in uh, New York City. Nice. In the NYC. As you can see. Yeah. And you guys got a great podcast we've been talking about a bit. Uh, Jimmy got me hooked on it. He's like, you got to check out this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening to it and shout us out. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. L lots of fun. Uh, you know what? I, I think I've gone through pretty much all of them at this point. You guys got to make do them like twice a week or something. We're working on it. We got some video <laughs> coming. We're, uh, we're doing a lot more content as yeah. the next uh, over the next few weeks. Nice. See, I, I like to like Netflix my 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 podcast. You know, I like to like uh, binge them. So it would be kind of cool if I if I met you guys or, or heard about you guys next year. So I would have had like you know fifty two things to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we normally start off, guys, with a segment that we call. 
What's on your... What's on your Kindle, your nightstand? What's on your... What's on your bookshelf in your pocket? What are you reading? <laughs> what's in your pocket? <laughs> what are you reading? What's in your <laughs> pocket, Jimmy? We, we we record that live, so I just I don't know why. What's in your pocket, Jimmy? <laughs> are you just nice, just happy to see us, Jimmy? <laughs> hey, think, now. hey, now. What's, uh, what are you reading, bud? What am I reading? I'm reading show notes from Medium Popcorn. That's all I got time for. Nice. <laughs> I'm the official podcast guy, and I, I brought in a power team, so what else do you want? You did. You, you've done your job, sir. You've done your job. <laughs> all right. Uh, Craig, anything on your book list? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm catching up on Arthur C. Clarke, and I'm reading The Hammer of God, which uh, actually, it, since it's a topic for today, I think would make a fairly good movie because it's a it's a short book for him. There's not a lot of depth. He kind of jumps from time period to time period to time period in the in the main protagonist's life. So it might actually make a good movie. Interesting. Interesting. And the the boys from Medium Popcorn, anything on your book list this week? Uh, I was reading How Music Got Free by Stephen Witt. It's about uh, the beginning of the beat three and how pretty much... Uh, Piracy uh, destroyed the music industry. Interesting. Wow, Interesting. I am reading this random book called uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I don't know if it's kind of like a self help kind of book. But, you know, it's a good read. You do need a lot of help, Justin. I, I, I need lots of help. <laughs> you listen to the podcast, you know I need help. So <laughs> that's what's on my night's day right now. <laughs> I think that's one thing we all have in common here. We all need some form of help. Um, I'm, I'm reading Of Dice and Men. Uh, which is a book on the... What is that shaking noise in the background? It's like we have rattlers in the studio or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a book about uh, the, the development of uh, tabletop games, and uh, it's it's really nerdy. It's about how Dungeons & Dragons got started and that whole um, fiasco there, and just it even goes back about you know 5,000 years ago to the beginning of like tabletop games and chess. Uh, it's interesting, and yes, I'm a nerd. Totally. I was about to say, no, that's extremely dirty. At least it goes back, you know, as far as it does. I'm like, okay, that's actually far more interesting. Just the, yeah, just the, the yeah the, like the, the the starting of the of the chess is actually the most interesting part of uh, uh, the book for me because it goes back to where it was actually being used as a way to train, uh, like like soldiers. It wasn't like let's have fun, let's play some chess. It was like, you know, you guys got to train four hours today on this chess. Like, as if that was going to help you, you know, in a battle. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I mean, that is, a, you know, the, the war and things like that, they felt like strategy. It would help you if your enemy was only three inches tall and made out of wood. Then you'd be yes. all right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's not an enemy for everybody. <laughs> hey, now. That's a marital aid. Oh, he'll give you. In the morning. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> As you know, on the battlefield, horses can only move in an L. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Podcasts. Hey, Jimmy, let's talk about our favorite new podcast. <laughs> My favorite new podcast is actually the Hoople podcast about dead oh wait a minute no no this is sunday <laughs> it's medium popcorn oh. i and let me tell you i don't know how i came across the show exactly but uh 
one of the hosts was on another podcast I listened to. It might have been Joe Rogan. It might have been Tony Hinchcliffe. It might have been Joey Diaz. Something in my list. And I heard about this podcast. And this guy was so funny, I just said, boom. I downloaded immediately and listened to it. And after I heard the theme song, I didn't even listen to him talk. I just backed it up and listened to the theme song again. And I uh, then I started telling people about it. And the show's pretty good. And then, and then I, I get I get Jimmy's email, right? And, and, and he's mentioning the theme song. you got to check out the theme song. It's a great show and a really funny theme song. And so, I'm, of course, I go back to episode one because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a podcast binger and I want to go in order. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, you know. It's a, it's a Nile Rodgers tune. It's, it's you know the one they use for Men in Black. You know, it's kind of neat, uh, but you know, not not as hyped as it was until later in the series when when uh, it kind of surprised me. Like I think it was like episode what seven or eight. You guys, yeah, yeah. That's when like, we switched it up a little bit. I was like, yeah. <laughs> now, okay, that's the theme song he was talking about right there. <laughs> yeah, well, because uh, Brandon had the, actually had the podcast first. And he was doing it, you know, on his own, which yeah. was sad because there's nothing sad than a man by himself talking about movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> just depressing. <laughs> and then uh, he brought me in. We did an episode of uh, The Room. We did a live, we did like a mystery science theater episode of The Room where it was just us watching the movie and commenting on it. And then uh, that's nice. where he was like, yo, we should just do this together. And then he brought me in. And then it took a few episodes. And it was just like, well... You know, let's let's do a new theme song, and then, yeah, that's what, that's what happened. <laughs> that it is like earworm of the year for me. Like uh, I can't get out of my head. Anytime I see like your 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 podcast art, I was like, damn it! For the you know next hour, I'm hearing the, the, the at least the instrumental in the background. You guys singing, it's nuts. <laughs> It's a good hook. I wouldn't change that one too soon, guys. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna keep that one for a while. Uh, that's the main. We just hope people actually enjoy the show, too. They don't tune out <laughs> after, like, the 59 seconds of the song. They're just, like, keep listening to that. But they, once it gets to Justin and I actually talking, people are like, oh, no, not this part. <laughs> but you, yeah, you guys, I, are like, uh, you have a rating system that you go through a movie. I like the way you keep it to, like, one or two movies each episode. And, and you got your rating system, which is, is, is evolving. Yes, it's always <laughs> evolving. <laughs> we haven't started to it, like, completely for once like at all like, <laughs> we're constantly I, I, adding different sizes and taking away sizes like <laughs> the last la the last dragon episode our most recent one we oh, add a fucking extra it. large oh. it's insane that broke that broke my heart it's like i've been listening to um the snack podcast by tom cavanaugh and michael ian black and they they put off episode 100 and everybody's waiting for oreos so they could give it a 10 and they didn't even do Oreos. So when you when I heard just like three or four shows in the first extra large, I didn't even know that there hadn't been an extra large yet. So I was like, oh man! But at least it was the last dragon. Yeah. Can I ask, uh, are you guys you're reviewing new movies only? You don't look at old ones, do you? Or do you? We're all over the place. We uh, sometimes we'll do brand new ones that just came out. Like we, you know, and we try to release them really close to the release date. So we did the recent X Men. Of course, we did Batman vs Superman. Uh, we're going to recently, uh, upcoming, we're going to do Ghostbusters, uh, we're doing Central Intelligence, but then we're also doing like movies like Dante's Peak, and we've done uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, we've done uh, gangster and, movies, stuff like that. And then sometimes we'll even just scour some crazy movie on Netflix, and just like, guys, you need to watch this uh, this shit show, and talk about that, because we have another one 
we we briefly mentioned uh, in our Halloween episode um, those Zombievers. Yeah, I'm yeah. not looking forward to watching that one again, but everyone needs to know about this shitty movie. <laughs> the, guys, the thing about me is that uh, I, I don't watch almost any modern American TV at all. I, I, most of the time I watch really old British TV on YouTube or I watch old movies from the 50s and 60s or the 70s. And then uh, I forget that that's not a normal thing to do. Most people are watching stuff from the last few years. So a lot of times people mention this new big thing from last year and I have absolutely no idea what it is. When I'm saying to them, oh, but did you see that from 1963? I'm like, no, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, uh, movie from the 50s? Man, that was a barn burn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we've gone... I, I'm, I'd say probably the latest we've gone back with our films is probably into the 80s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll definitely do Saturday Night Fever at one point. That movie, uh, the soundtrack at least shaped my childhood greatly. So, uh, well, it's, we, uh, good, it's good music, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's some dark shit, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it recently, but they're dropping m bombs. They're game banging a girl in the back. It's got suicide. <laughs> he wants to be a dancer, and but he can't tell nobody. It's a weird movie, man. Yeah, so sometimes <laughs> you know you're looking back at these movies with the, you know different color glasses, right? Like you, you watch it when you were a kid, and whatever. So when uh, people are watching the new Batman movie, they're like, "Oh, he's killing people." Batman doesn't kill people, and then I was like. I had to look it up, right? And I was like, nah, he kills people. He kills people in every movie. Even Adam West kills a guy in like in like the, the Batman like sixties movie. Accidentally and yeah, even says I'm that sorry. That wasn't actually but... in the movie. That was just Adam West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was upset. <laughs> like, you know, I gotta get rid of you. Christian Bale almost killed that guy, remember? <laughs> That's right. Oh, the guy the director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's apparently not very nice on set, but whatever. No, he seems like the most intense dude, but if you can get the right performance out of him, man, it's uh, he's a beast, dude. I, I watched a big short recently, Oh yeah, and he is a phenomenal actor, man. You could tell he's the, probably the worst person ever to talk to, Yeah, but you can't deny that talent. And, and I'm going to give a little inside baseball here, because I have worked on some um, TV productions when I was younger. Sometimes these actors... They prepare uh, not just you know mentally and physically, but like chemically. So like sometimes when the actor has to play a drunk guy, <laughs> they drink a lot before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or if they gotta play a guy that's hyped up, they might you know be doing something in their trailer just beforehand. So huh. you know if you approach him at the wrong moment when he's in that mode, like he's been spending an hour trying to get himself pissed off for the scene, you know, and he's doing whatever, and then you you, you piss him off the light guy, he starts throwing lights at you. I'm just saying, it happens. Hey guys, I worked in, um, I did some extra acting work back in London when I used to live there. And um, it's an interesting thing because you get to see, well, movie making. But at the time I was a, a, a director and I had some um, TV uh, programs on British television and I did that extra acting thing as well just every now and then. And in my experience, the big famous actors are actually, uh, most of them, they're rather nice because uh, it's like um, they're kind of like being put on the spotlight. Maybe they know it's going to be in the newspaper of the act like an arsehole, as we say in Britain, an asshole to somebody. But in my experience, I met uh, quite a lot of very famous actors there, and most of them treat you well, e even if you're only just, you know, playing their waiter right, in the right. background kind of thing. The people who are unpleasant on films, 
are normally the kind of second or third directors who've got a lot of stress and they've got lots of people to organise. And they often act really unpleasantly, especially to the below-the-line people, yeah. as they're called. <laughs> and and um, it's actually a pretty stressful working atmosphere most of the time in movies. The what we see in the, in the, in the process of making movies is a very very different thing oh and it's it's stressful i i, I can I, I understand what you're saying about the some of the like the the minor directors or the little assistant yeah. directors being stressed out uh we, we have people uh, we call them wranglers right and it's just basically trying to keep all the stupid talent from leaving the building because they like <laughs> yeah, want to yeah. go oh I'm, I'm on at four oh i'm gonna go shopping and then at, you know 345 no one knows where the hell tom hanks is you know this guy starts stressing <laughs> out where's the wrangler go find you know tom hanks you know it's it's yeah they, they, they have a tough job those guys and most of them are guys but uh, increasingly women of course uh but um they uh, they take out on people who are lower in the rank than them and so it can often be a rather bitchy uh, experience but, but it's um, worth it while in the end you have a, you have a movie and, and brandon and justin uh they get to yeah. review it you, you guys have done quite a few so far haven't you yeah i mean uh regards from a director's point of view like i grew up wanting to be a director like steven spielberg is like my hero um and my inspiration for that but i think there's no better example of like how stressful a director's job can be than um i don't know if you guys saw the documentary on the making of jaws but to think for like a pretty young director like Steven Spielberg to have a big budget and have to work in the water with like a robot shark that kept fucking up. <laughs> it's like, that's like, it, it's a perfect example of the stress that people have to deal with. They have to deal with the egos of like Robert Shaw. And, uh, Was he shouting know, at the shark? Yep. <laughs> See, you're getting fish. That's it. That's finished. Fucking Bruce. Well, then, you know, if, and then if you look at it from the actor's point of view, you know, yeah, me as you know, being you know somebody who does a lot of acting, you um you got to realize that every role that you do could end up being your last because if it's because if you do a shitty shitty job and nobody likes this thing, people will be like, oh yeah, I remember that shitty thing that he did. Let's never hire him ever again. You know, so if it doesn't sell, so like there, I think there's pressure on on both sides of it. Oh yeah, but I think. The director is dealing with more pressure from, you know, the business end uh, of it, while yeah. the actor, you know, more of their pressure is actually more is, is coming from, you know, it's more internal pressure that they're putting on themselves to make sure that they don't screw this up for, you know, screw up their, their career, you know? And the reason why on our the, show... Sorry, the, the ones I was referring to was like the second and third directors rather than the main director, you know what I mean? They're the ones that, so, that Spielberg's yelling at. Uh, well, the ones who, in a way, do most of the work, right? and this is maybe a critical point, but a lot of times um, the, the actual main director, they're, they're focusing on the artistic interpretation of the thing, uh, but the people who actually do the organizing are the ones beneath them. Yeah, sometimes the, the director. Sure people are there to shift things around. Sometimes it. the director won't let anyone do any of the work, and they do it all themselves, and then you end up with Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. Or Fantastic well, Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Did that you guys was, see the uh, the chart? Someone did an analysis of uh, Robert De Niro's career mm-hmm. and uh, the the average Rotten Tomatoes rating. And essentially, until he's fifty nine, everything is above fifty. And after he turns fifty nine, everything is below fifty for his ratings. Like that was just the point in his life. He said, 
fuck it, I'm going to do Analyze That, Shark Tale, Dirty, or Meet the Fockers, Dirty Grandpa, and he just, he said, you all right, what? I'm old enough now, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, I don't care if it's good I think what not. might happen is he, yeah, might, but, he might have met Sam Jackson, and, Sam, and asked <laughs> Sam Jackson, what's the secret to your, you know, success is, yeah. you know, accept every movie, you know, motherfucker, exactly. take every role, like, he's, oh, he's in everything. If only we had some movie guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what is the reason that Robert De Niro seems to do less, let's say, intelligent or sophisticated movies? What is the well, reason? Well, yeah, De, Niro is still, De Niro still got it. Because if you saw Silver Lion Playbook, I remember watching yeah. that movie and I'm like, mm. oh, shit, De Niro still got, like, some some chops. Like, it's not a, you know, it's not an isolated thing. I think he's just at the point where he just needs to make sure he gets those checks and uh, secures his family. Cause yeah, and, a, I, and I don't think he's taking himself too seriously anymore. Like, he's sad. having fun. He's doing a meet the fuckers, you know, like like Sam Jackson, you know, snakes on a plane. You know, you know, younger Sam Jackson might have said no, but, you know, Sam Jackson now says, yeah, that sounds like fun. I don't no, know. I'm young, pretty sure yeah, <laughs> younger yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson would have done that too. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. a crackhead, remember, back in the 80s. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, I th- I, especially, like, with De Niro, um... I think there's there's not that many quality scripts that are coming across the tables anymore. I mean, if you look at it uh, these days, there's a lot of rehashes. It's a lot of superhero movies. Yeah, a lot of superhero movies, a lot of rehashes from you know past uh, popular franchises, or you know, uh, or um, you know, you know, they're doing sequels to something that was 20 years ago, like you know, Independence Day and things like that, which is horrible. Yeah. So I mean. You know, with De Niro, like you're gonna have to find he he has to wait until that movie comes by that he can really sink his teeth into. But I mean, but what are the movies that they're trying to sell him for? Ma- you're gonna play Mafia Boss Number One, or you know this guy. So it's like, I I I, I guess from his standpoint, like how many times does he want to be uh, does he want to be um, you know portrayed as a gangster? Yeah, that's true. If, if he wants a high quality script. I'll do one for you. Just have to email me. Just email me, Robert. I'll do one for you. No, I don't agree with them. The gentleman that just said that in this plenty young script writers who want they, want, well, they, they don't want to take the, um, of the money is the problem rather than the scripts. In, in, in that case, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, the lowest common denominator, as they say. That's what they're going for now. Like like the Star Trek, the new Star Treks, they're all like banging, shoot them up movies where that wasn't what Star Trek was about. I'm getting nerdy again, guys. But, you know, uh, Star Trek usually had a story and a moral and uh, usually a very thinly veiled story, uh, moral about modern day. You know, they would tackle things like, you know, sexism and racism and, and, and just sort of wrap enough of a sci-fi thing around it that the network would let them air it. You know, mm. but they, they just don't do that with the new movies. I just watched, watched the one where they get the whales. I just watched that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know which one... Yeah, that, there's, 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 that was like a movie where they get the whale. Save the environment, save the whales. Yeah, that I think was, that's uh, the Star Trek 4. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. There's not actually much kind of high tech stuff in that, really. It's 90% just the actors. Yeah. They're relating to each other. They've got big whales in it, of course. Yeah, William well, Shatner trying to get on a bus. The talking. <laughs> I mean, but I mean at I'm the same not saying. Time... Sorry. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it's just like, it, just like you said, it, it was more about the actors and the connecting with each other and things like that. It's like, what connects us to the actor? What connects us to the story? It's uh, that human interaction. It's, you know, you being able to put yourself in that situation. And that's why we fall in love with these uh, stories these, and these characters, because we see ourselves in them. But if we're doing these far too fantastical things with these people who aren't, you know, like, you know, that you can't relate to, you know, how can you really get that personal, you know, interaction with it? I mean, for instance, Superman. A lot of people find Superman to be a, a, a very uninteresting character because he is so morally sound that he does not make mistakes. So he was like, I can't get with a guy like that because I know I'm a shit show. And if Superman's not a shit show, he's not the guy for me. You know what? I, I got a conspiracy theory about the Superman, the new universe. And, and it goes to back a couple of days when I, someone posted online uh, like a still frame of that moment where the Flash comes through and he's talking to Bruce. And, and Bruce ends up thinking that it was all a dream. Well, if, if you look at the, uh, like the, just the one cell of that, he's actually wearing Batman's exosuit. But you got to find that one frame that's online that really shows it clearly. It, that's why Flash looked weird in that scene. He's wearing like part of of Batman's like anti Superman armor. So I, I think I think they're doing the heel turn with Superman. I think at some point, I, I don't even think the first dream that Bruce had was a dream. I think that's what Flash was trying to fix when he was going back in yeah. time. I think Superman I actually think does gonna... go but nuts <laughs> yeah i think they're going the dark injustice route but they might be recalibrating that because uh as you heard on the batman v superman episode justin and i did i think dc is trying to do a 360 on the direction that Zack snyder put them in yeah. and they're probably gonna go for more positive direction but it would be interesting to see superman as a bad guy and like creating this really dark universe where we have parademons and Batman's pretty much getting the team together because they have to stop Superman. But given the response mm -hmm. of Batman v Superman, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Guys, have any of you gentlemen read the uh, the end of the Miracle Man or Marvel Man, as it was recently called, series by Alan Moore? Negative. Have you, have you read that now? It, it was called Marvel Man when he started, but then Marvel made them change the name to Miracle Man. And um, in the the last, maybe the last kind of five or six episodes, oh, nice. <laughs> issues of that, and Neil, Neil Gaiman took over. And those last issues, they, they kind of explore the idea of what would an actual god do? And obviously, the, this, um, I mean, the super superhero god, basically, they would kind of take over and change the whole of human society, wouldn't it? They wouldn't right, chase and, and people, I believe stealing that's, jewelry and stuff, yeah. stupid stuff like this. They transform the whole of human sociology and environment, in the physical environment, and yeah. place themselves as kind of benevolent gods um, controlling the world. That's what they actually do. Yeah, you know, uh, that's exactly what they might do. And if they can, they might. <laughs> hey, guys, what? Well, since we're on it, we might as well... Uh, Books on film and television. Let's do a little bit of books on film and television. While we have not only some book guys here, we've got some, uh, uh, we got medium popcorn here, my friend. What does that mean? Segway, Jimmy? I'm not looking at this uh, chat Segway. window anymore. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> it means so, move from one topic to another. Yeah. Oh, Segway. That's a, uh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch the, the, the American spelling there. 
so yeah, we got the, the dark tower coming up, and I'm I'm starting to change my uh, my weather forecast on this one from uh, partly cloudy to uh, cloudy. Or no, sorry, from cloudy to partly cloudy. That'd that'd be better, right? Uh, it's starting to look good. Uh, some of the set stuff. Have any of you seen any of the set photos? Yeah, I've been I've been keeping track on just because uh, I'm a big fan of Idris Elba. I didn't read all the books, but I'm familiar with Stephen King Dark Tower series. But um. My main my main bummer is that you know they initially had thought to do a series, then a movie, yeah. then a new mini series, then another movie, and they completely stopped that because I guess they just saw it was gonna be too expensive. But I think that would have been the best way to execute the story because there are like what there's like nine books, right? Yeah, nine or ten books. You can't kill Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't bring that up, please, God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Move he, on, move on. Yes, yeah, Stephen King actually said he wants to write himself out of the Dark Tower uh, in, in a future uh, revision. Uh, he, he says it was a mistake putting himself into the story. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's looking good to me, man. Uh, I love Idris. The, the only re- reason I don't want him to be uh, the gunslinger right now is because uh, I'd rather him be Doctor Who. I was hoping he'd be over in Britain filming, taking over from Peter Capaldi. No, I don't think he wants any of those those franchise things. I think yeah. uh, I think Luther's enough for him, honestly. Because I we we had, we talked at length on many a popcorn about him being Bond, and I think he just uh, I think he saw Dot, Dark Tower as like a unique, different character that he could start a franchise with. I think uh, I don't know if he wants to commit to that because Luther's awesome. That's like his James Bond. He doesn't need to do James Bond yeah. or uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, that's true. True. They they usually go with a, a, a known. I think Peter Capaldi's the first uh, famous guy that's played it in a while. Uh, moving on, because Jimmy's gonna throw something at me if I talk about Doctor Who anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys excited for uh, Suicide Squad? I am, but I'm waiting to see. Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I'm also kind of hesitant because it is PG-13, and I think to do. Suicide Squad, right? It should have been R, especially yeah. with David Ayer directing it, because mm-hmm. he's a very brutal director. Um, have any of you guys seen Assault on Arkham, the anime movie? No, I haven't seen that. It's fucking hardcore, man. It's a hardcore DC animated movie, uh, and that it's pretty much Suicide Squad. They had to like go into Arkham to, I think they got to take out the Joker or something, and they're like blowing off heads and like it's really violent, but it's dope as hell. Yeah. Now, if you're into that kind of stuff, you need to uh, hook up with um, Joe Esposito, Joe the Dish Slave from the Ozone Nightmare podcast. He's all about the uh, the manga and the movies. I tell you, uh, the four of you guys, Japan and New York, it would just be a crazy crossover because his favorite movie is Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of drawing all that together. So, uh put that in your pot and suicide squad so uh, I'm, I'm assuming at some point in the movie the joker gets out of jail and this is connected to batman v superman so that would be the same joker that killed robin that kind of yep. kind of drove batman insane and if 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 i'm right if you're you know the whole injustice thing happens that he's the same joker that's gonna nuke metropolis <laughs> Well, <laughs> so, well, it's the same Joker who's gonna kill lois lane yeah. well that's what i'm saying it's injustice yeah. like yeah. it's the game injustice pretty yeah much. Uh, which is cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to Jared Leto's Joker. I mean, Heath Ledger, that was just a, that was our last definitive Joker, obviously, um, besides Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker consistently. I do think that his look is cool because if you notice, he has like all those grills. 
Yeah. And the backstory is that Batman pretty much knocked all of his, teeth, his teeth out. out yeah. <laughs> which I love. I love having like a Joker who's been like all fucked up and yeah. I, I'm still all for Joker killing Lois Lane and, and you know Superman punching his heart out because uh, you know DC's fucking up Superman from you know six ways from Sunday, so they might as well do a heel turn. At least make him a bad guy. He might make a really good bad guy under the. Oh, I just want to see this chick that I saw in the previews that looks like Heath Ledger's Joker, but hot and sexy and available. Yes, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Mar Margot Robbie. Oh so, yeah. She's delectable. She's de Ooh, delectable. The Wolf of Wall Street and Pan Am, an underrated TV show. And, and an underrated word, Pan delectable. Am? My God. You know it. Yes. <laughs> I'm a common sewer. Dude, you need some more friends, man. <laughs> hey, speaking of need some more friends, <laughs> we're looking for some Dungeons & Dragons players to join us. How's that for nerdy? <laughs> extremely <laughs> so 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 the idea here folks we're gonna announce it now is uh we're gonna try a pilot episode it'll be in the book i stream you don't have to subscribe to anything new it's gonna be called rpg live and what we're gonna do is uh get four or five players together dungeon master we're gonna play all these sound effects live uh and then after we're done playing for an hour or two uh we're gonna edit out all the dice rolls and stuff so it'll end up being an audio drama that was improved by all the people in the group uh everyone will be playing a role just just as if you're like you're on stage doing improv except there's dice involved and um uh, this is i think this is what jimmy said when i uh get those nerds nerd nerd <laughs> that was basically jimmy's email <laughs> oh you mentioned earlier about how dungeons and dragons started how did it start and when did it start i'd be interested to know that Oh, I'm not going to spoil all that. That's all in, in on, on oh, Dyson Man. No, but it, uh, it was Gary Gygax who came up with the idea. And uh, his, his the basic premise that you would use uh, numbers to represent uh, different attributes for person uh, has come forward to today where, uh, you know, every video game uses this. There's trading card games that use this system that he devised of, you know, you've got 10 strength and seven stamina and three intelligence and, and etc and then roll the dice so that's all that modern day video games do uh in rpgs is they check how much you know strength your character has if you have enough you can break the door down if you don't you can't so uh dungeons and dragons really goes throughout a lot of uh that basic premise goes through uh, everything a lot of uh, our uh, modern day entertainment but it was uh, quite a story of dyson men goes through the story of uh, the the building of the company and these guys are basically selling like photocopies for like ten bucks you know they're they're making a fortune and they of course they screwed it up but well the t the title of, is of dice and men of yeah. dice and men yes I thought you yeah, said they of dikes and men no no not not dikes it's not it's not hentai I got a little Dutch boy that can stick a finger in that one. Well... <laughs> They have to do something when they're on the dikes. So, so we're going to give that a shot, anyways. If if you're listening and you're a D and D player and and you don't you don't have no problem with us recording your performance or your uh, your your gameplay, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to edit out all the boring uh, dice rolls and stuff, uh, so that uh, the listener in the end is basically going to be listening to an hour audio drama. Um, we're going to try to get some comedians to join us, uh, you know, just just for the hell of it. Just see what happens when we stick a bunch of our uh, friends and listeners in a room and. Uh, Throw them in a dungeon, see what happens, how they get out, etc. 
Um, another show we're going to have coming up in the future, I hope we can have uh, you guys from Medium Popcorn back for that, is uh, we're going to go through some of the Stephen King movie adaptations. Because I know oh, yeah. there's good ones and there's really, really bad ones. Oh, we're talking about oh, Cujo? Yeah. yeah. Well, for for every Shawshank, there's a Cujo, you know? Like, he's he's gone up and down. That's why I'm, I'm still kind of worried about Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. Uh, I mean, Under the Dome, that was such a missed opportunity because they went from being on Showtime to then doing CBS. And I was like, there's no way they're going to do this book justice now. Because yeah. the freaking book, have you guys read Under the Dome? Yeah, you could kill someone with it. Dude, That's how big Under it the Dome, is. not only is it massive, yeah, it's actually one of my favorite Stephen King books, but it opens with a dude accidentally killing like a teenage girl, and then throughout the book, he's fucking her corpse. Like, it's like a heavy, <laughs> there's a lot of rape in it. It's, yeah. it's, uh, there's so I much stuff in the book, CBS, and, and they, they still ended up somehow filling the TV show with filler. Uh, I was yeah. like, why is this so boring? Why, did you guys not read the book? Like, exactly. Do the book. <laughs> So now, what about? Did you see the new photos of Pennywise for the remake of It? Yes, we did. I don't do the clowns, man. <laughs> I'll wait for the audio version of that one, the audio book, <laughs> adaptation of the movie, adaptation of the novel. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think Tim Curry, obviously, he's like the the main dude, but that's because we haven't seen any other iterations of it. I was disappointed to see, uh, what's his name, Carrie Fumagawa, who uh, directed Beast of No Nation and the first season of True Detective, that he dropped out due to creative reasons and budget reasons. Yeah. Um, but I'm confident that they'll be able to do at least the kid part justice. The tricky part yeah. with it is that it's two parts. It's like they're, they're younger, then they're older. and yeah, They got to do the movie in two parts, and that's when things get a little dicey. Totally. Totally. Anything else uh, coming up on the horizon, gentlemen, we should talk about? Uh, we? we got a Ghostbuster episode coming out in nice. uh, in two weeks, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, just uh, check out our media popcorn podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can follow uh, Justin at J Brown Did It and me at American Collins. And use hashtag medium popcorn for our podcast. It's uh, growing. Thank you guys for helping us spread the word about it. Cool. And with your permission, we'll play the theme song at the end just to get people oh, oh, <laughs> you guys primed up you for have, it. You have absolutely. our permission to play our theme song whenever you want. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to the book, guys. Hi, I'm Rodney Turner, and I am a narrator for ACX, and I've narrated five books for mybrothersbooks.com. And you're listening to the book guys. Yeah, so uh, just to recap for the, for the folks at home, uh, apparently it was the cicadas in they, Japan. They didn't they didn't have a bug problem, but after this guy unloaded his steamer trunk, apparently they've got a national emergency. <laughs> so so Sean, sorry, I, I don't know where we were, but uh, tell us tell us how you got to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, by plane. It was too far to walk. Uh-huh. Um, so well, I came here because Japan is the biggest manga, manga comic book industry in the world. Um, it's far bigger than the North American one, and uh, way, way bigger than the British one. Well, the British comic book industry used to be very large until about the late 80s. And it declined since then, although recently it's had a bit of a renaissance, which is good. Hmm. So, so big market, all kind. Of, what kind of uh, comics do you do? Tell us some, uh, a little bit about your work. 
Well, basically, I do two different types of comics. I do manga, uh, manga themed ones, we can say, or manga, the ones that are classified as manga. And then I do kind of Western, so called Western graphic novel type of style as well, with um, artists who are not Japanese. Uh, I'm a writer, I'm a current big writer, so I've got to make that clear. Since most people presume that I write and draw the stories, but actually I'm the writer and I work right. with, uh, with artists in a close team. And anyone who knows about comics knows that um, comic books is basically, the, to use Will Eisner's phrase, it's the dance between the text and the art. Yes. So, you know, every book that I do, I start a new dance with another artist. So, so Jimmy's a little slow. Can you explain what Magna is? Ma- Magna? Magna, but that stuff that comes up. Volcano. Yeah, sorry. Oh, my God. You will that. never, ever live that down. I was waiting for somebody <laughs> to say Magna. Magna. Oh. Oh, yeah. Ma- manga. Manga. Manga, although I, I, I think most Americans pronounce it mo- manga or something. Or, I or it is manga, manga. manga. Or uh, if we w- you're into the dirty stuff, we say hentai. Hentai, yeah. <laughs> you, you Americans and Canadians who have a idiosyncratic form of English, shall we say? He says, speaking with his Scottish accent. <laughs> uh, so yeah, manga is basically manga is Japanese comic books, and there's the big question as to um, how is it different from, say, French comic books or American or British? And there are differences, but. It's like the Broadly difference uh, the difference between Homer Simpson and Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> I don't know who Mr. Sparkle is. <laughs> uh, well, there, there are differences. There are differences in um, how fast things are presented, how many words are on a page, certain um, artistic uh, habits, certain subject matter, etc. There are differences. But um, broadly, it's, it's all comic books. Next, well, I I've had a lot of books come out last year and this year just by coincidence that the, the different publishers have scheduled them all this time. But uh, this year, what we've had come out so far is Cigarette Girl, which is by Masahiko Matsumoto, and that's published by Top Shelf in America. And um, in that case, I edited that. Uh, Matsumoto was um, Tezuka, Sama Tezuka's student in the 1950s. And so these are the, the second generation manga guys who made the kind of first effort to broaden and deepen manga into more adult type territory, which doesn't, in this case, doesn't mean the hentai adult, it means just mature, sophisticated, darker stories. And so we put out his first big book in English uh, just a couple of months ago, Cigarette Girl, with Fruit Top Shelf. And um, and then also from NBN in New York. I know a couple of guys are in New York now. Uh, NBN is my publisher in New York. Um, they brought out uh, just a few weeks ago one of my own original stories, which is called Breaking the Ten, Volume One. And that's a, a story about a guy who loses his wife and his young son in a car crash. And he decides in anger at God or anger at this uh, fate to systematically break all ten commandments. And so in volume one, he goes through the first five, of course, in, in an attempt to get the attention of God or to just pursue the idea, is there a God and how can he let such terrible things happen to his son and his wife? 
And um, also, I've already had to come out this year uh, once upon a time in Morningside. And Morningside is the area of Edinburgh where I grew up. Nice. It's a very nice, beautiful area. So that's my childhood autobiography came out as well. And there's two more books coming out uh, this year, so I'm busy. Nice. Where can uh, people find all your stuff? Yeah, the, the, it should be in most of the bookshops in, or some big bookshops near where we are. If there are any bookshops left in America. And yeah, there's still a few. Amazon's opening bookstore. They're, they're all hentai, though. Ah, yeah. Well, I, I heard, actually, there has been a slight movement back towards more uh, physical books again, which is good, since I'm still basically a physical book guy. Uh, so, but all my all my books are available on Amazon and the publisher's website and just Diamond Distributors, the main coinbase distributor. Yeah, check out my books, please, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I got one more thing for the popcorn guys before I let them cook. I, uh, the last episode, they had a gentleman on there who has his own podcast, and I believe it's called The Black Guy Who Tips. Yep. And that guy is funny as fuck. <laughs> he, <is too. laughs> he, he blew me away. I mean, I listen to a podcast, and I listen to a lot of comic podcasts and, and hear funny things, but I expect it so much, and this just blindsided me. This guy, <laughs> he, he was really funny, and um, uh, Brandon was on his show after yep. he, you know, so it felt like I was in a time warp, and <laughs> so I'm listening to that, and there was a conversation where they were trying to diagnose how the iteration of the theme song came down. So, listen to a black guy who tips if this <laughs> if, if this theme song catches your ear, which it will, and uh, you'll find out how it all came about. But I also heard that this guy's in Charlotte. Yes, in North Carolina. And you guys may be coming to Charlotte at some point, and I am in North Carolina within throwing distance of Charlotte. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a meetup. Yeah, we're definitely uh, we're definitely collaborating. We, oh, I mean, we might be collaborating with Rod and Karen, who are the hosts of Black Eye Tits. But, um, yeah, we're definitely looking to do something in North Carolina, yeah, either a stand-up show or uh, maybe stand-up and a live medium popcorn show, because after we said that, we got a lot of people saying, Come do a show down south. So. Yeah, especially since you know I have we have a, a free place to stay in Charlotte, so it's even better. Well, my my uncle who I'm here at the beach with right now also lives in Charlotte, and he says he has a spare linen closet, and you guys can keep your stuff in there when you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, my mother has a place in Cornelius. Uh, not oh, too far oh, yeah. Lake Norman lake down there. What's that? Lake Lake Norman, yeah. Not you know on that. Lake Norman, but very close to Lake Norman. Yeah, that's where the headquarters for Lowe's is. <laughs> nice. Jimmy can show you where all the good barbecue joints are. Oh, only, yeah, that's what I need. Yes, there's only one, and I have whittled it down. So if you can make your <laughs> way, I need, I need a good, way um, north of Greensboro, or I'll even bring it to Charlotte when you guys come. Jimmy, if you can give me a good I need, I need a good white sauce recipe. Oh, that's not like white sauce. There, there here. is no <laughs> good white sauce <laughs> recipe. No, really, you don't like the, the mayo sauces? No, 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 no. We'll we'll talk we'll talk offline. Right. But I need to straighten you out. Okay, all right, let's do that then. Hey, thanks for joining us, Craig. Yep, Jimmy, as always. Thank you. The boys for Medium Popcorn. Thank you so much. Thank you. Always. You, you, you got to pump out more podcast goodness because uh, I'm I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. 
I might check out. It's coming. I'm going to check out Black Eye Who Tips. Yeah, and you guys do a show in New York as well, too, yeah? Uh, yeah, every uh, Tuesday night, uh, we do a show at a little spot called The V Spot, uh, as of right now. And um, the 7 o'clock is on 12 St. Mark Street in uh, Manhattan. All right. Thank you for coming I, out. We wish we were at the cellar. <laughs> we're at the V Spot. Oh, uh, yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not cellar ready yet. You're on your way. You're on your way, man. Thank you, Sean. And uh, I'm going to hit that button. That was fun. Talk some movies. Another Sunday's done. We'll see you next week. Same book time. Same book channel and all that. Just same. Peace, Jimmy. Just saying. Enjoy Just the same. beach. Just saying. <laughs> Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Medium popcorn, we are too near spoiling boobers. Yeah, brand new columns, that's me, and just in In your face That's your warning uh. So if you get pissed It's all your fault uh. Yeah, welcome to Medium Popcorn, folks